This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, and I am once again coming to you from the basement of uh, Nostalgia Zone. Uh, it's a comic book store and a collectible store. We have a website, nostalgiazone.com. Check it out if you're into comic books, if you want. Uh, this is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> it's just me filling an hour's worth of talk. Well, 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 well. Uh, in the course of this past week, something interesting happened. Uh, you will recall that uh, back in 2012, a very tragic event in this country's history uh, happened. It was the Sandy Hook mass shooting, a, uh, an elementary school, a crazy person who was able to get himself some guns, went into a school, an elementary school, and killed 19 kids, all about age 6, 7, somewhere around there, and I think 6 adults. And it was, uh, it was the moment that the country thought, or some of us thought, that finally, this is the thing that will move Congress to do something about this. Now, I'll try to be a little fair toward Congress. I'm not sure exactly what can be done to stop this kind of thing. An outright ban of certain weapons, maybe, uh, you know, stronger background checks, red flag stuff, all this, you know, that seems reasonable, but I don't know. Will it make a difference? I don't know. That's as far as I'm going to go down there. Um, <clears throat> well, it was 2012. Uh, President Barack Obama was in office. Oh, remember those days? Remember the scandal-free days? I mean, he, he did wear that tan suit, so, you know. And there was the Benghazi thing, which the Republicans spent years on. They're looking at this January 6th thing, the Republicans, and they're saying, Oh, come on! Oh, come on! What are you doing? That's, uh, yeah, let's put this behind us. Okay, let's put Benghazi behind us. No, no, they had to have so many hearings. And you know what happened in those hearings? Hillary Clinton, who was the one that the Benghazi scandal mainly fell upon, didn't fall upon Barack Obama as much. It was Hillary's scandal, I guess, for some reason. Because she was going to be running for president, I guess. So she testified. She went up under oath, testified for, for hours. A certain orange person. Well, he says... He wants to testify. Well, let's see. Let's put him under oath and see if, what he does. He'll just be a big buffoon. And his and his Trumpers and Trump cultists will just say, oh, they'll hang on every buffoonish word he'll that comes out of his mouth. Every buffoonish lie 
that comes out of his mouth because that's what he does. He just lies. I'm sorry. This this show has a certain uh, political bent when it comes to a certain president. Okay, it just does. I like the truth. And the person that was in office after Barack Obama is allergic to the truth. Severe allergy. I think he carries one of those EpiPens or whatever they call those things. You know, the, you know, anyway, whenever the truth is told to him, where's my pen? Got to get a shot. <clears throat> anyway, someone else who is allergic to the truth, a person named Alex Jones made a lot of hay, and by that I mean money, out of uh, claiming that the Sandy Hook mass shooting was a hoax. Uh, it was a fla false flag, something that the you know the, the government orchestrated, pretended to have happened. They had actors and everybody, you know, crisis actors and everybody in there, and all those families that were talking about their lost children never had those children. Or you know, he just he just it was false because why? Because Obama wanted to come and take your guns, which Obama never did. Did he? Okay, so that's what he was doing, and and he's got this 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 internet. Empire, Infowars.com, which is full of bullshit in content and the stuff it sells. Oh, he makes money. Money hand over fist selling bullshit. Supplements, diet pills, survival gear. The guy makes money. Hand over fist. He makes money off this stuff and it's all bullshit. And everything that comes out of his mouth is bullshit. You know, there should be like a brown, a brown mist that comes out of a person's mouth when they're bullshitting. So that everybody can say, oh, yep, you're bullshitting. Because it just, that would be, is he talking? He's bullshitting. Unless he's under oath in court. And then, huh, the brown mist is not coming out of your mouth now. Huh, wonder why that is. Interesting. Well, at least it shows us that you, that you do at least uh, 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 respect the, the oath that you took to not lie to us. So anyway, to uh, the parents of uh, Jesse Lewis, I believe is the young fellow's name, who was six years old, killed in the Sandy Hook thing. The parents decided to you know sue Alex Jones. Part of what was happening because of Alex Jones' bullshit was that his some of his listeners, some of his followers, the people that hang on his every word, some of them thought it would be a good idea to harass the family members. Of you know of the kids that were killed at Sandy Hook, thought it because you know you're lying, you never had kids, stuff like that, and maybe even there were some threats of stuff uh, of some sort hurled at these people, and they decided enough's enough, we're suing this guy's ass. And this past week, uh, Alex Jones lost. He lost the lawsuit, and the jury on Thursday uh, came to a decision of how much he would have to pay in compensatory damages. <clears throat> and that amount was $4.1 million. How the jury came to that amount, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's... When I did a, 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 a jury duty a few years ago, um, it was a civil case and there was a you know uh, an assessment of blame kind of thing. Uh, uh, you know, how much was on the plaintiff and how much was on the defendant. And there was that. So there was like a formula. So I imagine that there's sort of the same kind of thing involved with, uh, you know, uh, 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 
and awarding damages and money and that kind of stuff. So we, you know, uh, so they may have had something. So they come up with $4.1 million that Alex Jones needs to pay uh, the family of Jesse Lewis. Is that his name? <laughs> I think I wrote it down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Jesse Lewis. And then the next day, yeah, and that was, I mean, they were suing him for $150 million. So that's a far cry from the $150 million. But the but uh, the 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 news people were saying, well, that's just this today. They're announcing what the compensatory damages are. Tomorrow, I think I got that word right. Tomorrow is going to be the punitive damages. The damages, the the amount that's meant to punish. It's on top of the other stuff. This is meant to just. This is just. This is a punishment toward you, you bad person who did this bad stuff. And that's uh, that came out the next day, which was Friday of this past week. Uh, and it was in the amount of $45.2 million. $45.2 million went against uh, Alex Jones. So that total comes to close to $50 million, which is a third, almost a third, of what they were suing for. But that's, I'm sure they're, I'm sure that they're, they're happy that, uh, that the results were what they were, that he was found guilty of, of uh, whatever the, you know, whatever the libel or slander or whatever he was being sued for, defamation things. He was found guilty, and a large uh, penalty was assessed to the man. He's got the money. He should pay it. And there are 18 other families that might be looking at this saying, okay, now it's our turn. Now, here's where... You know, uh, part of my skepticism will come in. Because so many people were saying, you know, like karma. You know, oh, the karma train is coming in. You know, this is what you get when you F around. You know, F around and find out. And it, it, to an extent, like the F around and find out, I can kind I can, I can get on board with that a little bit. You know, so like, hey, if you keep mess, if you keep, you know, you keep putting your finger in that, in that light socket, it might be off each time. But... One time it might not be. You know, just keep messing with it. It's you know, you keep poking that bear. The bear's going to probably turn on you at some point. You know, you keep you know, just keep doing it. You know, just so that's, I guess that's the idea there. But the karma thing, you know, if if it's meant in a in a metaphysical, mystical, the universe knows and the universe will make you pay for being bad for doing bad things. Ah. I don't know. I mean, if you're a criminal and you're 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 a habitual criminal and you're breaking the law and you're you know like you're uh, you're you break into houses and you steal stuff, you're a burglar and and you know and you do it and do it and do it and you may be really good at it, but hopefully eventually the, the law enforcement catches up to you. Some you know you, somehow you get you get caught and you go to jail, you go to court and you go to jail. And I is that karma? I don't know. That's just like. Well, the more opportunities, the, the the more times you do the bad thing, the more opportunities you you give uh, the people who are, are are supposed to catch and punish the bad you know, the bad people doing the bad things, you give them that many more opportunities to catch you. you now, if you just do this one bad thing once, and nobody knows that you did it, and you get away with it, then how does karma get you? you know, it's just. 
and 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 the, the mystical karma thing that it's always it's like it's after the fact after it's happened to oh, I see see what happens see karma's a bitch isn't it sorry I didn't you know, shouldn't use the B word but karma's tough isn't it karma's mean karma will get you except for those times when it didn't like I don't know just off the top of my head ah, somebody did some pretty bad stuff that seemed to get away with it uh, I don't know Joseph Stalin yeah Joseph Stalin he was the head of the Soviet Union for I don't know how long yeah he was an ally during World War II because the Nazis were uh, uh, were more of a threat to the world than than the than the commies were yeah and and even though you know we all hate commies right we hate commies don't you hate commies Well, anyway, I don't know what got into me. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> it's a commie thing. It just, oh. So, uh, he did, you know, he, he, he had hundred, uh, like, I don't know, 150 million people die in famines in his own country where, you know, he didn't really do anything about it or something. He, I mean, he killed millions of people. He allowed them to die. He didn't help. He, he put people in prison. He was a horrible person. Horrible man. Went through his entire life, his entire career. Where was his karma? Where did the karma happen? Where was his comeuppance? He never got it. I mean, I, I, come on. Universe, aren't you listening? That's why people invented hell. Well, then when he died, he went to hell. I mean, at least Hitler, uh, whether he, uh, hopefully, his brain was working well enough to realize that his thousand-year Reich was not going to happen. That, uh, that, the war, he's going to lose the war and all that. And then he, you know, he killed himself because he didn't want to be caught by the Russians. And, uh, and, and oh, hey, and Dana Gould, Gould pointed this out in a, sort of a joke. Only Hitler could kill Hitler. <laughs> he was the only one who could do it. So, anyway, I, so I don't know about this whole karma thing. But it is good to see that someone as, you know, uh, asshole-ish, just ah, straight up asshole like Alex Jones, Mr. Conspiracy Theory Nutball, who does he believe all his shit? I don't know. I don't know. He said under oath in his in his divorce hearing that oh I'm just playing a character. He was getting divorced from his wife and he's trying to say, Well, you know, when I'm on my show, when I'm doing that, I'm just playing a character. So you don't believe this stuff? And you still get and he still had an audience. I don't get it. I don't get it. What I do get, though, is it's time for my next break. Or my first break. My next one will be next. So, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. 
Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that. Because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi... B. Jane Goodall C. Albert Einstein or D. Snooky This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network and ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <sighs> well, um, speaking of word salad, <clears throat> was I speaking of word salad? Maybe not, but I am going to now. Uh, on my Facebook, shared by uh, some Trumpers, a Trumper or a Trump cultist, there's levels. There's a Trumper who just loves Trump and everything he stands for, and believes every word that comes out of his mouth. Uh, uh, but they're not quite... And they're kind of cultists, but they're the ones... But the, the Trump cultists are just way, <laughs> way into that. They're even more so. They're the ones that no matter what kind of evidence... Well, heck, Trumpers, Trump cultists, I guess, you know, now that I'm saying it, they're the same damn thing. So anyway, somebody was share, shared this image. <clears throat> now I want to talk about... This is just talking about narrative and worldview and something that we need to be cognizant of. I need to be cognizant of it. We all do. We all have a narrative. We, we all look at the world from you know, our perspective. We have a worldview. And we need to, you know, we can tend to accept that someone we like said that smart thing and not accept that that someone we like said that dumb thing. You know, we, we can accept the smart thing much easily, much more easily then we accept the dumb thing. You know, we, we all have that within us. So we need to, and I need to, be, be cognizant of that. And so every now and then, 
I think, well, it, it might be motivated by, there's no way they said that. I'm going to find out. It may be motivated by that, but if I found out that the person said it, that's it. Oh, jeez, they did. Oh, well, <laughs> no one's perfect. So, <clears throat> to that point, uh, a picture was shared by a Facebook friend who happens to be a Trumper. Uh, and, uh, and it's a picture of Vice President Kamala Harris. You know, we, we, we have a Vice President who's a woman. First woman Vice President we've ever had in this country. Uh, not only that, she's the first person of color as Vice President that we've ever had in this country. Uh, she's also the first woman of color we've ever had in, in the history of the country. So that's Vice President. That's, it, it's, uh, you know, awesome. I, and, you know, it, it's about time, right? And, and as, as far as vice presidents go, I don't know if she's a great vice president, a bad vice president, or just kind of there. She's, as far as I can tell, she's doing the vice president thing. You know, you hear about her once in a while, but she's not, you know, she makes his, she goes around, she campaigns for, sometimes uh, for some, you know, senators and congresspeople. She'll, she'll do that a little bit here and there. There's the state funeral things that the vice presidents are supposed to go to. She, she makes a speech here and there. Yeah, but you're not, it's, you know, the president's the star of the show, not the vice president. So anyway, there's a picture of her that was shared. And uh, she's just a little bit older than me. Just a little bit. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I'm going to feel bad when there's a president or a vice president that's younger than me. That's going to be, oh, I've gotten to that point, have I? So anyway. <clears throat> uh, in the, the picture has uh, text you know, superimposed over, over the picture of her. I mean, you, know, you see her. You know, it's Kamala Harris. And it says the following. The text reads as thus. Reads thusly, today is today, yesterday was today, yesterday, tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. So live today, so the future today will be as the past today. And that was shared. And it's, it's, it's word salad. It's, 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 it, it kind of sounds profound, or at least it, it's, it sounds like it's trying to sound profound, but it's really saying, what now? Are you just saying, live each day to the fullest? Is that what you're saying? Is that, is that what you're saying? But it, it's, it, there's a, a couple of observations here. Uh, one is, there's no quotation marks around the text. So is the person who put this together, do they not realize that if you're quoting somebody, you should put quotation marks around the text? You know? Or, or put a, uh, uh, you know, put, it, put a little, um, at the bottom of it, a little, a little dash that's, a, and then follows by, followed by Kamala Harris. You know, so that, okay, that's, she said that. Now, that does, that's not in here. It's just the words without quotations or a, a source given that it's her, it's just with her picture. Of course, you know what Abraham Lincoln said about, you know, you don't believe everything on the internet just because there's a quote next to a picture of somebody. You don't believe it. And that's just, you know, immediately. And, and you know, Abraham Lincoln knew what he was talking about. The man knew what he was talking about. So he, he understood the internet very well. So I looked at that and I thought, did she say that? So I started looking to see if she said it. Googled. Googled the whole thing, practically every word of it, and I can't, I can't find anything. I, and I, I posted it in there. I said, I, 
I can't find that she actually said this. Other people were just, uh, you know, that, that don't like her were immediately saying, oh, gosh, word salad, of course. Oh, she's so dumb. You know, she's, and, but yeah, but did she actually say this? I'm, I, I'm perfectly willing to accept that she did, but I need the source. And maybe that's part of my worldview, my narrative. I don't think she would say something that gobbledygookish, but maybe she would. You know, nobody's perfect, right? So, <clears throat> a fellow that was uh, uh, commenting on the post, I don't know if, if he was the one that put it up or not, Somebody that I knew uh, in, in my past. I worked with this guy at Wendy's way back when in the 80s. And he says, of course you can't find that one. It doesn't fit your narrative. Why would you even try? I, I, I'm trying because it doesn't fit my narrative. <laughs> That's why I'm trying. I want to see, did she say that? Is you just you're, somebody's making a claim or suggesting she said it? Maybe the person who put it together just wanted a, a plausible deniability so they could wiggle their way out and just say, "Well, it's something that, that's like something she would say," but I'm not saying she actually said it. There's no quotations around it. But you know, most folks look at that. Now, I mean, that's how I interpreted. It. It's supposed to be interpreted that that the intent is that that she said this weird word salad supposedly profound thing which i think boils down to live live each day to, to its fullest i think that's what it's saying maybe if she said it i think that's what she meant i think i don't know but it's yeah it's dumb <laughs> and if she said it well she said it okay so I, and i said you know, I said, well, you know, <laughs> I I put on my, uh, I don't know if it would be the uh, my troll hat. I don't know if it would be considered that. But uh, I decided to, I said, well, you know, I'm going to show them a quote from someone that they, you know, that they greatly admire and hang on every word. And would no doubt find some way to make this one of the most intelligent things they've ever heard. And of course, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Fearless Loser. This, yeah, and I, I put this up and I said, here's an actual quote. Here's something that this person really did say. And here's a source for it. Now, the source that I, I, uh, that I put up there was uh, Snopes.com, which people who don't like Snopes, that don't like being fact-checked, and don't like finding out that they that they were wrong about something. They don't like Snopes, so they'll just dismiss it out of hand. Oh, Snopes is just some left wing blah 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 blah. Unless they're supporting a conservative in in telling the truth, and then those that don't want to accept that just oh, Snopes is just a right wing blah blah blah. Yeah. So, so because it doesn't fit their narrative, they're just going to dismiss it. And I told them it's because it doesn't fit your narrative. You're just going to dismiss this. But this at least here's a source. For this, and in that break, in my first break there, I pulled out uh, that uh, sounder that I do uh, once in a while. It's called Quiz Time on Dimland Radio, and I I was going to um, you know make this into make those Quiz Times into a, a few of them. I just don't have the time, and I lost the music for the back <laughs> for the background music. So uh, for the bed uh, of the piece. So just imagine, imagine you don't know what the answer is going to be to this. You already know what it is because I set it up. But imagine you don't know, all right? And imagine 
in the background, as I read this to you, there's uh, there's a, a, a jaunty piano, light, lilting piano uh, playing in the background. <clears throat> as I as I do this quiz time with you, okay? You got your pencils ready? It's a multiple choice, so you'll get you know you you got like a four, one in four chance of getting it right. Of course, you should get it at 100% because, well, that's how this thing is designed. And I've, like, I've already spoiled it. But let's see what, what I've got for you. Okay. Uh, when answering the question, why do you think Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, succeeded? Okay. Who said this? Well, I think Lincoln succeeded for numerous reasons. He was a man who was of great intelligence, which most presidents would be. But he was a man of great intelligence. But he was also a man that did something that was a very vital thing to do at that time. Ten years before or twenty years before, what he was doing would never have even been thought possible. So he did something that was a very important thing to do, and especially at that time. Okay, was it A, Doris Kearns Goodwin, B, Stephen Ambrose, C, David McAuliffe, or D, Donald J. Trump? Well, you know what the answer is. This is, this is the, you know, it, when I, it convinced me that, I, or that, uh, that put in my mind, this, you know what he sounds like? He sounds like a fifth grader giving a book report on a book he's not read. He didn't read the book, so he's just trying to... He's That's word salad. This is what we call word salad. He was an intelligent... Lincoln was intelligent. Sure, yeah, okay, yes, Lincoln was intelligent. And most presidents have been intelligent. But, you know, number 45? Eh. But he was, you know, he, he was a man who did something that was a very vital thing to do at the time. What was that something? What What was that something that he did? Can you elucidate on that? Well, it was, uh, you know, 10 years before or 20 years before. You wouldn't even think that you could do that something. Which that something was? What was that something? Uh, Donald, can you tell us what that something was? Uh, well, he was, uh, it was a very important thing to do, especially at that time. Okay, but what was it? And why did he succeed? That was the question. Why do you think Lincoln succeeded? This was Bob Woodward, you know, legendary journalist, having an interview with uh, then-candidate Donald Trump. It was in 2016. I think this was in either uh, Vanity Fair or GQ or something. I, I'm not, I can't remember exactly which publication it was. I will link to the Snopes article on this quote um, which you can get to the links at you know, by going to Dimland Radio, uh, uh, no, going to dimland.com. That's that's what you got to go to, dimland.com, and you click on the blog show notes option, and you'll get to the show notes. And if you're not reading the show notes, you're getting zero percent of the show. It's all there. Wait a minute. There's part of it here. Anyway, anyway, I don't know. I just make up the percentages every time I talk about it. So uh, I just. And I, it, it, this whole thing on the Facebook thing was a reinforcement for me to remember that even you know if it's something that sounds brilliant from someone you like that you just yeah you know, but you're not sure if you, and if a source isn't cited maybe you should look and see if there's a source. I often ask on Facebook you know when somebody puts a claim up I said source citation would be would be nice uh, would be helpful. Can you help us and give us a source citation? And 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 people have. 
You know, I was going <clears> to... <throat> uh, hang on before I get rolling on that. I got to have a couple minutes. Uh, I was going to uh, um, do a whole, you know, kind of a rant and arg out of this, where it's something in language that I've noticed lately, um, and that is using... It's, it's, it's verbing a noun. Now, I'm guilty of it. We, we, through Facebook, we, we friend people. We don't befriend people, we friend them. Well, friend is a noun. Befriend is a verb. That's what you're doing. You're befriending. You're making someone a friend. But I do the, you know, the I do it. You know, so I'm as guilty. And, I, and so I, I was watching the January 6th uh, uh, committee hearings, uh, uh, like highlights of, and Adam Schiff is talking to some of the... Have you noticed about those republic those 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 hearings looking into January six, uh, that virtually everybody that's testifying under oath is a Republican. Of course, they get changed once they turned against uh, once they turned against fearless loser, they become rhinos and Republican in name only. You know, up until then, as long as they're loyal to him, they're Republicans. Yeah, this guy's so full of shit. I don't know why he's not locked up. Lock him up. Anyway, so Adam Schiff. A congressman is uh, is is uh, questioning uh, some witnesses, getting their testimony, and he says he uses the word "ask" a verb as a noun, and that is, I mean so we 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 verb nouns, which I just did there. <laughs> the word "verb" is a noun, and I just I just made it a verb. As I said, we, we verb nouns. Well, we can noun verbs. <laughs> and I just... So he says, uh, you know, instead of saying, did the, did the president uh, come to you uh, with, a, uh, with a favor? Uh, did, it come, did he come to you with a request? Instead, he says, did he come to you with an ask? What was that ask? And I... I ask? Ask is... A, ask is that's a verb. It's not a noun. Why are we why are we nouning a verb? And again, I'm verbing a noun. I know <laughs> English. So instead of getting upset about it, instead of getting, you know, cranky and curmudgeonly and all that kind of stuff about it, I went on Facebook and I said, you know, is it is am I just, you know, does this go farther back? And I'm just noticing it now. Is this something that goes back to like Shakespeare? You know, Shakespeare would use the term word "ask." Uh, which I thought was only a verb, and use it as a noun? Is there, is there something in the past that, I mean, and am I just noticing it now? Because it sounds weird to me. Did he have an ask? Instead of say, did he have a favor to ask of you? Did he ask you a favor? Did he make a request of you? you know, and instead of saying that, he said, did he have an ask? What was it ask? Was it a big ask? <laughs> yes. It just sounds weird to me. Well, a uh, uh, Facebook friend and a skeptic, uh, his name is Brian, uh, Brian came in and essentially uh, uh, confirmed for me that, yeah, this does go back. This goes back. There's, 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 I don't know how far back it goes. Uh, I'll try to find his, his link and put it in the show notes. And so that you can, you can see that, that ask a verb, generally, being used as a noun is not something new. It's just something that I've noticed lately. 
The next thing I've noticed is that I've come up to my second break. Is that right? Can that be right? Yes, that's right. I think that's right. So let's take that second break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network and ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Simmons. Let's take that break. I'll be back. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com something here it's it's an EVP I'm telling you it's really something um, I need to call it up I gotta tell you this is uh, really shaking me I need to play it for you and uh, well I won't uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard... Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Dimland Radio here at the Z-Tark Radio Network. I wonder what's going on. Nice sound. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mute for a second. Hang on. Okay. Is that better? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. This thing does some weird things. I don't know what's going on here. This is the basement, and hopefully this hasn't been making that noise the whole damn time. 
So, uh, I'm going to continue on. I hope you don't mind. And, uh, oh boy. It's still doing it. Uh, uh, I'm going to do another mute. Uh, no, I'm just going to go for it. I apologize for the, um, the sound. I'm going to move this cord. It's going to make more noise. And... Hmm. Okay. The, re the reason why I don't notice some of these sounds is I can't wear my headphones while I'm doing the show because the delay is way too long. There's a delay uh, built in to uh, uh, these shows where... You, it, it's it's just a, like a, just, a, just a split second behind, and that's okay. That works. If you listen to radio, sometimes uh, you'll hear like somebody talk radio. You'll hear a radio host say, "I can't hear myself in the head in the headphones," and that's that's disorienting when you can't hear yourself because it's, it's weird because uh, you get used to hearing yourself a little bit. But if hearing yourself if it's delayed just a little bit longer. It really screws up how you talk. It just messes with you. It really does. So when I was doing that, I was hearing that little stuff in there. I was just, you know, when I turned up the microphone, I was making that sound. I thought, hmm, uh, you know, I had to be very careful how I talked so I didn't trip over myself because my, the delay was weird. So hopefully it's not making that sound too much and it's not too uh, disturbing. Um, it might, mm, I don't know. I'll have to look into it. So it might just be the deal of me having, uh, doing a show in the basement. It might have something to do with that. So, uh, I'm listening to the headphones again for a second. There's a little bit there. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, whatever I was going to talk about, I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> Apparently, there's some, uh, there's some news on the COVID front uh, as far as uh, where the hell it came from. Now, if you're Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, you are convinced that Dr. Fauci uh, created uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus in a lab in Wuhan, China, and then had it leaked into the world. You're, you, that's what he believes. I may, maybe he doesn't really believe exactly that, but that's what it sounds like. Like uh, Fauci, it's all part of his plan to, I don't know, get yelled at in front of the Senate uh, in a Senate committee by Rand Paul. That was, that's why Fauci's done this, you know, decades of a career dealing with viruses. Uh, uh, one of the biggest ones he dealt with was HIV. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, that was part of his plan. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to create this coronavirus, uh, in a lab in China and I'm going to release it so that that way I can get yelled at by Rand Paul, which is, you know, was my personal kink. I was working on an impression of Fauci, but I'm, I'm not a mimic, so... <laughs> anyway, no, I, I, who knows? But the news about it, about the COVID, where it came from, this particular virus, the SARS-CoV-2, it did come from Wuhan, China. It does look, The evidence is even stronger and stronger now that it emerged from the wet markets. And that's... Uh, a wet market is where uh, animals are brought... To, to the marketplace that are alive and people go there to to you know 
you get chicken for food or whatever the animals they might have, some more exotic than chicken, uh, and, the, and they're slaughtered there. And, you know, and so there's blood around, feces, urine, stuff around on the cages, on the ground, and you know, that stuff gets aerialized and people breathe it in. And this, this coronavirus was in some animal and, and that and then it came through that animal and and got its way into people and people began to spread it around and there's a there's a, a researcher a virologist named uh, dr angela rasmussen who was uh, being interviewed about this this research where and she's part of where they were pinpointing where it emerged where did the sars cove 2 emerge where did it come into the world and it looks pretty much like it came into the world from Wuhan, China, and that wet market. Not from the virology lab that's there. And so when this was shared on Facebook and I commented, Dr. Fauci built a, a, a virus-making lab in the wet market? Because, you know, Fauci created the, vo the virus, didn't he? No. Uh, the reason why they're very confident that that's where it came from is that they were tracking... The, the outbreak, you know, they're tracking it back and seeing, you know, you know where things began. And it's just, she says, it just com completely encircles the market. It's just right there. It doesn't, it doesn't track back to the lab. It tracks back to the market. And one of the reasons she said that um, this, 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 Tracking back to the markets is, is an, uh, embarrassing for China because there was a previous virus thing that happened. And again, the wet markets were involved in the launching points for this previous virus. Was it SARS? That the Chinese government outlawed these wet markets. So this wet market that was taking place in Wuhan in 2019 was illegal and China being an authoritarian government that's kind of an embarrassment that uh, we laid down the law but they're not able to enforce the law being shown that and so you know it's just it goes back there and, it, and, and so that's you know so far the science is just pointing toward that and it's not some kind of intentional leaking from a lab it's not an unintentional leaking from a lab it came from nature, it came from the wet markets, that's where it came from. Get your boosters if you haven't, you know, if you're eligible for, for them, get them. And, uh, you know, and be careful. I've gotten a little lax with wearing a mask, but I've started to wear the, it more often now. So, eh, you know, it's COVID still a thing, you know. Um, a couple recommendations for you to check out. Uh, they, I think they're, let's see, one's on Disney+, Plus, the other's on, on Hulu. Uh, they are um, uh, Beatles-related, or Paul McCartney-related. Uh, well, Beatles-related. One is Beatles-related, one's more Paul McCartney-related, and Beatles-related. How about that? Uh, the first is uh, a documentary that came out a few years ago, I think 2016. Um, and it's uh, Ron Howard's documentary, and it's called... Uh, um, uh, the Beatles, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. And it's focusing on what it was like for the Beatles 
touring during that Beatlemania period, and, and when they got to that point where, in 1966, they played Candlestick Park out in San Francisco, and that was the last time they played live, uh, you know, together as the Beatles, until they played on the roof. And that's the Get Back series that Peter Jackson did, and that's also worth watching. But this one was, you know, it was... It was uh, nice to watch, and and you you get you know, Paul and Ringo get to they contribute, and then there's some you know old footage of uh, of um, of John and and George talking about things too. So it's just a, it's a nice documentary. It's pleasant. It's got good music in it, and uh, but it had this moment. You know, most of these documentaries, a lot of documentaries. I won't say most. A lot of documentaries have what we call a talking head. It's an expert, or somebody was there, or somebody that's got some information or a perspective on the topic that the documentary is covering, and they they talk to them on camera, and you know, and uh, one of the first person I think it was that they talked to was Eddie Izzard, and he was given this you know this is the Liverpool uh, um, uh, perspective I guess I don't know if he's from Liverpool, but he was just saying how these Liverpudlian fellows that. You know, came out of this 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 uh, port town, this port city, that's very blue collar and this attitude that they have. He's just talking about that kind of stuff. And 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 as soon as his little bit was done, I turned to my wife, who was kind of watching along with me. She was doing something else, and I was just watching. I turned to her and I said, "You think Whoopi Goldberg's going to show up in this?" And not two minutes later. We hear Whoopi Goldberg's voice. She first comes on as a voiceover. They're showing a bunch of imagery, video or film footage, or you know, stuff. They're showing a bunch of that, and you get this 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 person talking over. And I recognize the voice, and I open my arms, I extend my arms toward the TV screen, and like a see, just you know, like a ta-da, <laughs> and there she is. She comes on camera. It's Whoopi Goldberg. Holy, Willie, really? She's in this because there's a radio talk show guy who would call a local guy who would call uh, Whoopi Goldberg the always available Whoopi Goldberg. She was because it it seemed like from like 1995 on that uh, uh, you know 50% at least half the documentaries that would come out would have Whoopi Goldberg in them. Uh, some guys are putting a documentary together about Nikola Tesla. Jeez, uh, who could we get to talk to? Whoopi Goldberg. You think she's available? Sure, she's always available. <laughs> and she'd have something to say about him. I don't know. That's what it seemed like. And there she is. Now she and it, her first little segment was about how you know she's a little kid. She's seen the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and she, her her point her her point at that at that, in that part was to say that you know the Beatles were beyond color. You didn't see color, you saw Beatles. You didn't, you know, it, it wasn't, it, you know, you know, black kids could like them, white kids liked them. It's, you know, it was a, it was a communal thing. And and she said it, 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 they opened my mind about myself, how I could see myself, which I don't know if, that, if that's true, but that's what she said. And I'll take her at her word for it. And I thought, okay, fine. I guess that's that's a nice perspective to put in there. But really, I don't know why she's in this. Later, she shows up, and she tells a story about her mom. Uh, getting tickets secretly to take Whoopi to Shea Stadium to see the Beatles. 1965, I think they played Shea Stadium. Tickets, by the way, from what I can find, were $5.65 each to see the Beatles. 
I don't know if there was a tier, you know, if there were more expensive tickets or less expensive tickets. I don't know. But five sixty-five, which in today's money is just over fifty bucks. That's a pretty good bargain. But you can see why when Whoopi was talking about telling her mom she wanted to go see the Beatles, she knew that they were playing Chase Stadium and, and Whoopi's from New York. Uh, her mom said, "Honey, we just can't afford. We just can't afford." Well, her, you know, her mom plunked down the equivalent of a hundred bucks. It looks like in, in today's money. To go see them take her to the concert so yeah that's a bit of money especially if you're lower income blue collar you know hard working trying to make ends meet kind of a person and that seems like that's what whoopi goldberg's family was the other paul mccartney and beatles related thing is called mccartney 321 i think that's what's called it's a three-part documentary uh, uh it's just a conversation between uh paul mccartney and rick rubens uh rick rubin well, that guy who's a record producer who's known who's known mostly for working in in hip-hop but he's done stuff like where he's worked for Johnny Cash and, and producing stuff and revitalizing Johnny Cash's career in the 90s and and so it, it's 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 three half-hour segments where they listen to the music that that uh, Paul and the Beatles produced uh, in, back in the day and so it'd be Beatles stuff it'd be Paul solo stuff it just you know and it's just fascinating. And I want to say this one thing. Baba O'Reilly, the song by The Who, The Who, my favorite band, is my favorite band. Baba O'Reilly might be my favorite song. But there are three pieces of music, three pop songs, that have a nostalgic, overwhelming sense for me. I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just snapped to a moment in time when I hear those songs. And all three of them are related to Paul McCartney. I, I, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, um, and it's, and it's weird, the, 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 the foundation it brings me to, the, the, the memory it brings me to. Uh, the first one is, uh, the song, uh, Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. Um, and that's, uh, uh, that takes me to sitting on the front steps of a friend's house in the neighborhood that we used to live in before my uh, my parents moved in 1973 to the house that, that Dad still lives in today. Uh, it takes me back to the, the front steps. We must somebody must have had a radio playing, and that song was on. You know, it has that in there. And I hear that song. Boom! I'm on that stairwell. I'm on that set of steps. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I just I'm there. The other one is. Uh, the song My Love. Uh, and it takes me to the kitchen in my dad's house. Uh, when we were kids, when that song was out, we were kids, we would each week, one of us kids, we had four kids in the family, would have dishes doing duty. Um, at first they would team us up. You know, Bob and Nancy would do the dishes one week, and then Steve and Jim, that's me, would do the dishes the next week. And we trade off, and then it went to okay. You get the dishes. All the you know, each one of us kids had a whole week to do them ourselves. And one of the things that, that mom and dad would allow us to do is listen to the radio in the kitchen. And this is as long as the volume was reasonable. And we would listen to you know pop music of the day. And I can remember doing the dishes, looking out the kitchen window at the house next door, and the song "My Love" being on there. That and then whenever I hear that song, that's where I, it takes me. But the strongest, the the strongest nostalgic uh, moment song that I have I mean I just I'm just I mean it's 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 overpowering and it ha it hit me last night when I was watching 
the the uh, the McCartney one two th- or three two one when I was watching that, and that's the opening, just the opening guitar riff of uh, Band on the Run, and it just I am immediately in the empty lot across the house from my parents' house, uh, behind the strip mall that you know a bunch of stores and one of the stores had like a sand pile behind it and we were goofing around there somebody had a radio a transistor radio and that song is being played and it takes me right there it takes me i mean just immediately it's so strong whenever i hear the just just the opening of that song just uh, there i am it's incredible before i get out of here uh i'm gonna have uh let's see, hang on a second here i'm gonna have one of these And now, it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Again, I apologize for the, uh, the audio stuff, so let's hope I can clear that up uh, later. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> the Pedantic Moment uh, is this. My older brother, uh, well, my son, <clears throat> should start there, had a birthday last Monday. He turned 19, and uh, you know, astrologers put your charts away. And my older brother sent me a text. Dad, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry about that. I forgot to put the phone on. <sighs> Where was I? My older brother sent me a text that said, "Uh, uh." Uh, a quick question. How old will Hayden be on Sunday? I wrote 18. However, he will be 19 on Monday. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, we come to the end of another show. Uh, get your vaccines and be skeptical and all that kind of stuff. Make sure to challenge your own worldview so that you don't just accept something right away. Uh, you've been listening to Dimline Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. And I'm your host, Jim Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, saying, sleep the lights off. I better call my dad uh, before he calls back. I'll talk to you later. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. This has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network.
And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.